Today's episode is not for the faint of heart. You have to be very prepared to expand your thought process to really grasp um, these pieces of knowledge that we're about to dive into. This is something that is still very new to me in my spiritual journey, which is why I'm so grateful to know this beautiful character here, Eddie. What's your last name, Eddie? Kano. Eddie Kano. (laughs) So um, I'm hoping to learn more about the esoteric, ethereal, and aliens. And I know that you're very experienced with this, right, Eddie? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So where did it all begin for you? Hey, everyone. I'm your host, Lanise, and welcome to Soulful. This is a space that'll help you unfold the tools within you to align with your highest self through shared experience. Because at the end of this journey, unique to oneself, we are all interconnected. We are one. Yeah, my whole life has been really revolving around the esoteric. Grew up in a religious family. Okay. Christian and Catholic. Okay. And uh, ever since I was a kid, just religion really tripped me out. Okay. You know, going to church and seeing these paintings and these... uh, windows with these figures on there like the stained glass exactly yep one of my earliest memories is actually my mom dropping me off at the daycare at uh saint mark's cathedral in vista the really big one she dropped me off there and i remember just kind of feeling like weird being surrounded by all these strangers and then i turn around and there's just this huge painting of jesus just wow. staring over us and yeah how I, is that for a kid right to see that yeah yeah i thought it was all weird religion played a huge part in that as a kid it was really weird mm-hmm. and then the stories really captivated me the messages mm-hmm. the stories the characters and like the weirdness in it all but um early on as a kid uh my grandpa kind of tripped me out he is an interesting figure um, throughout our whole like life, he's always kind of been like distant. Okay. And uh, he's like a habitual cigarette smoker. Oh. You know, and he's just always out in the distance, smoking cigarettes and just looking at the sky. And he used to be a pastor. Wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah he used to be a pastor, and they went through some troubles in his life. Became an alcoholic, and um, mm. my mom, being the oldest of four, they lived in a van for a while, and wow. I had to kind of like bring him back up you know, to wow. himself. But uh, he was always just smoking cigarettes, looking at the sky. And one day I asked him, like, hey, Grandpa, why are you always looking at the sky? Yeah. And he said, because um, one, I've seen a UFO. And I was wow. like eight years old at this time. Wow. And your grandpa told you that, that yeah. you've seen a UFO. And you knew what a UFO was? Yeah, because actually, when, ever since I was a kid, too, he was always, like, posted on the couch watching um, Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, as far back as I can remember, he was always just posted up on the couch whenever they would take care of us, and he'd be watching Unsolved Mysteries, like the original series, mm-hmm. and I'd post up with him right there and be watching these stories about alien abductions and stuff, so I knew what that stuff was early on, like mm-hmm. five, six years old, and then later on when I was like eight, nine, and I asked him that, 
mm-hmm. and he revealed to me the reason why he's always looking at the sky smoking is because he's seen a UFO once and it's just left him perplexed so he's kind of he was kind of always wanted to relive that wow he sounds too kind of like a very deep thinker mm-hmm. okay it's not yeah. like he saw that and just overlooked it yeah he saw that and he had questions it seems like absolutely that was kind of like my next question to him as a kid i mean i always i've always been a deep thinker too mm-hmm. and i asked him i was like knowing that he was a pastor and i grew up in this religious family mm-hmm. and i asked him like well how do you feel about god then yeah exactly because there's no aliens in the bible i mean i haven't read the bible yeah, but so we think exactly i feel as though you know we've never actually seen the word alien in the bible Mm -hmm. and i know i can't tell you what book it is but i remember my aunt telling me something about the description of angels having giant heads and being really Mm. really tall beings yeah she's pretty uh pretty close yeah yeah we can get into that in a second that's kind of (laughs) like my expertise actually is aliens in the bible oh my gosh i love this (laughs) tell me more (laughs) yeah i will so going back to my grandpa i asked him and i was like so like, how do you feel about God now? Yeah. And he just took a puff and looked at me and said, I don't know. Wow. And that shook me to my core as a kid. I was just like, whoa. Because like, he was a pastor. He was a pastor. I was in this religious family. Now aliens are like a possibility in my life. Wow. So, uh, and right you were then so and young. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then from 8 to like 12, I went through a lot of things. And then got into psychedelics at a really young age you know 13 years old um my first shroom trip smoking weed habitually you know um and at that time i was an introvert so i was always reading and looking into like crazy stuff and it just opened a world in my mind to the esoteric and at a very young age it sounds like mm -hmm, were you able to grasp that without losing that that grounding that we all kind of need when we think out that far no (laughs) no there was there was a lot of uh times where my paradigm shifted wow yeah and some of those times were pretty rough yeah i can you can i mean i can imagine because i've actually spoken with another guest of mine on the topic of you know kind of needing to be an adult and having that fully developed brain Mm -hmm. to experience that expansion of the mind because when we're kids it's not fully developed quite yet no not at all yeah it's taken me a long time um so from that point forward pretty much my whole life has Mm -hmm. been trying to uncover and understand this information exactly and i've just recently the past like four or five years like really started to get that mature outlook and aspect on it wow yeah so you were kind of like um flooded Mm -hmm. with like all these downloads of information and these like secrets that really aren't supposed to be secrets but in this matrix system what i call the matrix society it's like we're kind of trained to associate that with craziness blasphemy absolutely and that's really the story like when you start to look at history Mm. that's really been the history of humanity is you know the elite or whatever trying to keep our true history away from us and that's what i I uncovered through this um yeah i mean we can we can get into it you know if you want to as far as aliens in the bible yeah tell me more that's kind of start 
Yeah, that's kind of where it went, you know. I mean, from from that point forward, eight years old, twelve years old, you know, mm-hmm. it was the weed and then the hip hop, and then there was a, a song that really changed my mind. Also, what song is it? It was it's um, the Winds of War okay. by Jedi Mind Tricks. Love Jedi Mind Tricks. <laughs> yeah, I love them too. The Winds of War. There was a, a statement in there that mm-hmm. would forever change my life. And it, it goes, um, where are you going to stand when the Elohim return? Elohim. Yeah. Where are you going to stand when the Elohim return? I would be high, like walking around, like a, uh-huh. like a preteen, just listening to that. And I'm like, what? Is, I just loved it. But I was like, who, the, who are the Elohim? You know? Yeah, and like, yeah. Where am I going to stand when they Which return? Which tribe? <laughs> exactly. And um, interesting enough, that's actually what I have tattooed right here on my arm. Wow. It's Elohim. That's how much it, it has um, impacted me. Wow. What language is that in? This is Hebrew. Wow. Hebrew. This tattoo is, is kind of like my most... It gets me into a lot of trouble. Um, Uh-oh. Not like real trouble, but right. people love this tattoo. Uh-huh. Especially like Middle Eastern people. Uh-huh. They every, Anytime they see this tattoo, they, they just, like, uh, assume that I'm Middle Eastern. Right. And start talking to me in like Hebrew or Aramaic or Arabic. I was like, whoa, bro, like, I'm Mexican, you know, I just, I smoked weed, yeah. I got a tattoo, I had this lady one time just grab my arm, she's like, pray to this every night. Wow. Oh <laughs> no, God. people get really, really, like, emotional about this. Wow. Um, yeah, and we'll, we can get into that, too, because Hebrew has a very um, deep fascination with the letters. Uh-huh. Their alphabet is very deep, the way they view it. I mean, it seems very ancient, mm-hmm. in a way. Is it? Yeah, super ancient. Super ancient. And the way they view their alphabet is like binary code. So every letter is assigned a number. Wow. Yeah, it's called gematria. Gematria. Yeah, gematria. It's um, the study of uh, the correlation between what they call God's alphabet, because the alphabet was given to them by God, as Uh they say. Uh And we can get into who that is, who they are. And um, it was, it's a code. So every word, every sentence actually has a binary um, correlation. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty deep. Um, so you're saying that's like a number system. Yeah, it's got a number system. I don't, I'm, I don't know it. I've never uh-huh. learned it. But if you want to learn it, it's called Gematria. Gematria. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to look that up. I wonder if there's a connection between that and synchronicity. Because I have this Probably. infatuation with 222. It follows mm-hmm. me everywhere. I feel like yeah. it's angels, you know, protection. Yeah. Well, numerology kind of stems from gematria. Wow. See, it's all connected somehow. That's yeah. intuitive, too. Like, I don't know anything about this. It's just like a feeling, you know? Exactly. It's ideas that you kind of connect the dots to. Yeah. No, yeah, knowledge is there. It's always been there. And then when you start awakening... Mm-hmm. You start having the intuition, and then the intuition turns into knowledge. Mm-hmm. When you start to realize these intuitions were leading you to knowledge that's been there since the beginning of humanity. Wow. And you told me that you've had a couple awakenings. I have. I have. So, I mean, I've only had one, and my goodness, is it a roller coaster even still now? So, can you enlighten me? With- yeah, absolutely. Um I feel like I wanted to kind of finish that thought on the Elohim real quick. Yes, yes, please. That's my ADD talking too. I'm no, sorry. it's all good. I just want to like make this linear for the people yes, because clean. Thank you for absolutely. that. Absolutely. So yeah, when I found out, you know that 
my grandpa used to be a pastor, believed in aliens, that he saw a UFO. Mm -hmm. And then I heard this term, the Elohim, where you're going to stand when they return. Yeah. I was just kind of like diving into that. And then there was another time period. And all these things are like little awakenings for me. Little awakenings. Little pieces, just kind mm -hmm. of unlocking another door. Yeah. And then, and when I think back on these time periods, they have like an aura around them. Like, mm -hmm. I remember, like, yeah, there was, they were special. Wow. Yeah. So it's like something um, symbolic to you? It seems like. information? Yeah, it seems like almost, an, and if I want to be like really extremely deep about it, like, it seems like something was there guiding me. And I didn't know it at the time. I totally, totally understand that. <laughs> absolutely yeah that's how i feel now yeah so from that point and then there was a time period where my second oldest brother went to rehab uh in los angeles or orange county so mm -hmm. like two hours away from us and we'd go visit him and sometimes he'd have family time where he could leave the center and uh, my mom would take us um, me and my three siblings to uh, the barnes and nobles <laughs> So, love Barnes and Noble. Yeah, I love reading. It's a great I, store. Absolutely, really, tight, tight. Um, so yeah, we'd go there, and um, I would linger on in the uh, metaphysical New Age section because I was starting to open up at that time, and mm -hmm. I wanted some more knowledge. And uh, I came across another piece of information that would change my life forever, and that was the book titled "The Twelfth Planet" by Zechariah Sitchin. The 12th Planet. Yeah, The 12th Planet by Zechariah Sitchin. He wrote wow. a series in the 70s called The Earth Chronicles. Okay. And he was the first dude to really propose the theory that humanity was genetically um, created by a race of uh, aliens. Wow. Yeah. How deep is that? <laughs> yeah. How deep does that go? Wow. Yeah. And how, when did he write this? Do you know? The 70s. Wow. In the 70s. So he must have been working on it like in the 60s and then. Wow. Well, when you read the book, he tells you it's been in his life since he was a kid. Oh my goodness. Since he was a kid. He, he was a, a Russian born, um, he was Russian born, but he grew up in a Hebrew school. Oh. in the Hebrew schools and he was a super like smart kid too and he would do his own independent studies on translating Hebrew into Russian and then like English wow. and he noticed his teachers deliberately or not were um, wrongfully translating a lot of the words so he was correcting his teachers he was correcting his teachers wow and then when he that's what set him off in his journey when he realized that the authority wanted to you know go with their narrative when it was a wrong one. Yeah, they weren't even thinking about it. They're just following what was taught to them. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So I go from, you know, the alien to the Elohim to this book. And and um, that time period was a trip, you know, going mm -hmm. to L.A. to see my brother. And we'd mm -hmm. all sit there and read together. And then here I am, like 14, 15, reading this book. And it's dense with information, like very dense took me years to like finish it <laughs> i had to go back to it multiple times i was gonna say yeah did you really have to go back and like just kind of digest like over and over and over yeah absolutely because i mean i was in high school i didn't even want to learn at that time i was not a good student but i always liked history wow. i always liked history that was my favorite class 
my teachers didn't like me, but <laughs> I liked the class. But so here I am reading the 12th planet by Zechariah Sitchin, mm -hmm. and he tells me exactly who the Elohim are. Wow. And tells you who they are. And so... How did you come across this book? How did um, you come across this? Because you had heard of Elohim, but then like... How did you even find this at Barnes & Noble? Barnes & Noble. So at the time, I was already kind of like diving into, you know, esoteric and occult stuff. Uh -huh. And I would go through the, the shelves and they had um, a section titled Metaphysical and New Age. Okay. And I had already heard those terms through like documentaries that I was watching at the time. Mm. So I was like, all right, this is my stuff right here. Like, okay, cool. And I was just looking through it and I, I saw this little Bread book. Breadcrumbs. Exactly. And I saw, and it was the cover that got me. It was just like, it was like this weird looking planet with like a statue like on the ground like covered in sand and, and I was like wow like the 12th planet you know like wow. this, and it said non-fiction and that's what got me I was like non-fiction wow. like okay like let's see what this is about and then my mind was blown completely blown that's history that you weren't gonna find in school not at all not at all not in school not in the church mm -hmm. and the funny thing is it, it's right in front of you like I grew up in a religious family mm -hmm. and the funny thing about church is the way they teach you the Bible it's like a runaround way they, they teach it to you so that you never actually read it correctly mm. like you spend right you spend like two or four hours sometimes going over like a few passages a mm -hmm. few verses mm -hmm. and they just go over the same verses you know every holiday they go over the same verses the same thing right. So they're the just teaching way. you the little things in there that, mm -hmm. that fit their narrative mm -hmm. to keep you to come back and give the, the tithings and stuff. Yep. But um, the knowledge is right there. If you pick up the Bible and you read it you know, for face value, it's right there in front of your face. Wow. Especially if you do a little extra work to go back and find what the true translations are. So how did, how did you do that? Um, starting that? off with Zechariah Sitchin. Okay. He's the one who pointed it out to me through his book that mm. there were different translations and that we were propagating the wrong ones this whole time. Wow. I love that word, propagating. Yeah. That's something we use for plants, but <laughs> it's all yeah, connected. planting it, right? Wow. But um, so the Elohim, I guess I'll just unravel that. So, yes, please do. Uh, in, um, before I do that, people have to understand that mm. Christianity comes from Judaism. Mm. And Judaism comes from old world religions that are just kind of gone, but mm. we still have a lot of information on them. So without Judaism, there's no Christianity. But without the old world religions, there's no Judaism. So if you kind of just get stuck in Christianity, you're only seeing one piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. Yeah. Judaism, is that the religion where there's many gods? Mm -mm. No, Judaism is um, the Jewish religion. Oh. Yeah. So that's, that's what they call it. Judaism. So there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay. The Old Testament was put together around 600 BC. Okay. While when the Jews were in Babylonian exile. So the Babylonians took the Jews, you know, captivated them, made them slaves. Yeah. And it was in that time period where they were like, all right, we need to write down our history. Exactly. <laughs> we need to write down who we are and what we've been through before we're completely wiped out wow. so that's when the old testament was put together 600 bc mm. around that time by the elders of uh, judaism we don't really know who they were yeah 
I mean, the Pentateuch, as it's called, which is the first five books of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. are um, attributed to Moses. So they claim that Moses wrote the first five books, Genesis, Deuteronomy, and so on and so forth. Okay. And then comes a crazy wild dude named Jesus. <laughs> right? He comes in and then just upsets the whole social order. By that time, he was a he rebel. Comes, yeah. By the time he comes around, Judaism had, you know, created its own empire. You know, there was the uh, the Jewish priesthood. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like the overseers of their people and starting to be like a little more like evil and conniving. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus in the New Testament comes and like tells them to stop what they're doing, overturn these weird archaic traditions and go back to a more spiritual way of living. Wow. But um, yeah, so the Old Testament belongs to Judaism. Jesus comes, does his thing, dies, goes wherever he goes. And we can mm-hmm. get into that. Mm-hmm. He go, you know, he does his thing, and then his followers write the New Testament. Wow! As a linear story, Star Wars one, Star Wars two. <laughs> oh my goodness! It. Please tell <laughs> me more. I've heard things about this real life Star Wars well, yeah, from yeah. my breathwork instructor, actually. Yeah. Well, a lot of movies and entertainment are based on the esoteric. Actually, um, what's his name? George Lucas, the director of uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. He confronted Zechariah Sitchin when he was working on the first uh, Star Wars to ask him for advice wow. on like mythology and stuff like that. Wow. So Zechariah Sitchin was approached by George Lucas on getting some advice on building mythology and legend and that can be why, rooted in our actual why. history. That's it makes sense, so much sense in these connections. Yeah. In these movies. Yeah. And then when you learn that Hollywood loves the occult, they know all this stuff. A lot of like the Hollywood directors and writers, they know all this stuff. So they kind of work it into their movies a little bit. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, where was I? So, Elohim. Kind of lost my track there. But, uh, Yes. All right. Judaism, Christianity. Yeah. Okay. So I'm reading Zechariah Sitchin's The 12th Planet, and he says that, okay, so in Judaism, God is, um, God has 72 different names. In the Old Testament, God has 72 different titles or names. Wow. And as I told you, like in Judaism, words are very important Mm -hmm. because they believe that God created everything through word. Because the very first sentence in the Old Testament is, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So there's a huge concept in Judaism and um, in mystical Judaism that God creates through frequency, which is what word is, what spoken word is. Yeah, absolutely. Have you heard about that water test? Mm -hmm. The Japanese water test? I forget his name, but... He does like the two cups, one's only surrounded by positive words, yeah. the other's only surrounded by negative words, and the acidity in the in the cup around bad words was yeah. so potent, and the positive was more alkaline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even through like the microscope, the way that they looked was so significantly different. Like mm-hmm. the bad one was just all discombobulated. Mm-hmm. And then the good one was like a nice crystalline like snowflake. Yes, exactly. Oh, damn. Exactly. Yeah. So they believe that to like the 10th degree. So 
that's why when people see me having this tattoo they like uh-huh. get really attached to it because i literally have the name of god on me so it's like to them it has like healing powers but um so get, getting back to that so elohim right so god has 72 different titles but what we misunderstood really is that they're not necessarily names or titles in certain places in the bible the words that are used to denote god were uh improperly translated mm. for example in genesis like first of all the old testament doesn't use the word god okay. at all you know that's like a anglo-saxon word that came later mm. right so in the bible where we just see god everywhere mm-hmm. in the english translations there are 72 different variations that are being used wow and you need to like really break those down as to like what's being said who is really being spoken of wow oh my goodness because again it goes back to the frequency Mm-hmm. absolutely the frequency and the history of what is being said wow. so in the book of genesis the first book where god says um where god creates mankind mm-hmm. the word that is used is not god it's elohim in Genesis one twenty six, you can go to any English Bible, mm-hmm. you know, more a little more, maybe not like super modern, but like King James, mm-hmm. some of the earlier English translations, you can open it up to uh, Genesis one twenty six, and you will see it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So they left the plurality of the context. There's a us, there's a our but it's like that doesn't make sense why would god say let us make man in our image after our likeness the reason being is because the word god wasn't used when that you know verse was written the word elohim was used and elohim is actually a plural word in judaism wow yeah oh my god this goes with everything that Mm -hmm. i believe in how the connectedness the union Mm -hmm. the power that's behind that is so important absolutely Wow. Yeah, so so Zechariah Sitchin proposes through his books that this Elohim, this congregation of beings that were creating us, were doing so through a scientific genetic uh, experiment. Mm. And he gets deep into why he believes that. And so we can leave that there, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of venture off into the science, mm-hmm. the scientific evidence behind how that could possibly be true. Absolutely, because I know there's a lot of skeptics out there who question, you know, whether any of this is just fluff or if there's true meaning behind it. I know Mm -hmm. there's true meaning behind it. I can feel that. Mm -hmm. But there's so many people who still need to be introduced. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's it's, uh, right now, like more than ever, people are really starting to wake up to that. Uh, Yes. Especially with... uh, Absolutely. The government going through this whole disclosure thing. Right. Just being upfront about them knowing about UFOs. In June. Yeah. That happened in June. And I'm telling you, I was telling people. I knew it was going to happen. I just knew it. I yeah. had a feeling. Yeah. And I've, I literally, around the time when, when Joey had first died, I was, you know, really, really depressed and whatnot, of course. But I would pray that I wouldn't wake up in the morning. Mm. Like I prayed, like, I don't want to be here. Please just take me. And one night I had this dream and I was just underneath a bright white light. 
my entire dream. And I was mm. awake for a long time in that dream. I woke yeah. up and I felt like I hadn't slept at all. I was wow. tired. Really? Yeah. And I was just under a white light. And like, at first I was like, God. But then I was like, I'm so exhausted. Like, why am I so tired? I feel like I've been awake somewhere else. Yeah. Aliens? Yeah. Like, I just, <laughs> the thought yeah. passed. And like, I'm at a point now in my life where like, I have to question it all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I actually just sidetracked real quick. I have this weird memory, and I don't know if it's like a dream or a memory. One of those weird things when I was a kid, I remember playing in my grandma's backyard on the swing, and this like, whoa. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry about that, people. <laughs> uh, but I had this, I was playing on the swing, and uh, I remember seeing like this angel, this female angel, I remember it in my memory, coming down. It was just like this light coming down but the light personified itself as a female angel and it kind of just like took me i was like all right and then like like time just kind of went for however long and then i was just back on the swing you know just like wow and i really don't know oh, if that was like chills. a dream or memory or what but wow yeah abductions definitely happen and i don't think that they're all bad no i question if any of them are bad to be honest yeah that's more of like a hollywood thing right this i watched a, a joe rogan episode with uh travis walton uh-huh oh yes travis walton he's like he's got one of the more um famous abductee stories mm-hmm. and it was pretty hard to watch so you can tell he had he had gone through something traumatic for us we're just listening to like a cool story but for these people that's like one of the most traumatic things it's, they'd ever gone through. It's real, yeah. Yeah, and he said something that was funny. He said, he, even though it was very traumatic for him, mm-hmm. he didn't really believe that what they were doing was, was evil. He felt like it was more kind of like an indifferent thing. Like, whatever it was, it's not evil or necessarily good. It's just like a indifferent thing that they're kind of just processing. Mm-hmm. But he said, uh, it was funny, it was like, at least they had the courtesy to drop me back off right that's true (laughs) that is um that's a term of kindness Mm -hmm. if you think about it like we just need to borrow you real quick and you know we're gonna return you my breathwork instructor again he believes in all this kind of stuff and he formed this theory once of the grays being Mm -hmm. um completely unemotional and Mm -hmm. i believe he explained them as being evolved versions of human beings once we had um, outlived all of our resources yeah i believe yeah um and what he explained it as like the the behavior of the grays was that they have no emotion which is why the abductions back in the 50s were more traumatic Mm. because they didn't know that they were harming us Mm -hmm. they were simply testing to understand us Mm. and um as we get closer to present time abductions aren't as traumatic from what has been reported and his theory is that because they the grays are actually starting to understand emotion Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. after observing us for so long which again is just an idea again i don't know anything about aliens but that sounds kind of sounds pretty true like, it sounds like it would make sense yeah and then dr stephen greer familiar with him no he's also another dude on the forefront right now with mm-hmm. uh disclosure and he's his story is insane check him out i'm gonna have dr to. stephen greer he's got a few documentaries out he's been on joe rogan okay and he actually teaches people how to contact et's 
Ooh. Yeah. He, okay, yeah. I need he to teaches watch. people how to do it. But the ETs that he contacts are more of like the conscious type. They're not like the greys or the UFOs. Like Syrians? They're more like the ethereal. Like they're they're just more like um, energy. Like energy beings. Oh. Yeah. Like not in a vessel. Yeah, exactly. They're just more like free-forming energy type beings. Whoa. But uh, they have manifested to him throughout his childhood as something physical. Like before, he saw one of them manifest as a half demon half I mean the half demon uh half deer oh my god it's like <laughs> so polar yeah no no not the demon that was scary that was um, good that was good you caught yeah. me I was like whoa no no half deer which I thought was pretty cool pretty mm-hmm. badass like a, it looked like a deer at first he said it was wow. a, a deer that was standing up and then he like I guess it got closer it was it was just like this entity that looked like a deer and then kind of like free formed back to energy and then wow that's amazing yeah, um, yeah. So there's different different aliens or entities out there, and we could definitely get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to get back to the Elohim. Yes, please do. So the Elohim. Here we're going through this whole process in my mind. I find out, okay, like at some point in human humanity's history, we are genetically engineered, and um, it kind of makes sense. So Zechariah Sitchin, what he proposes is first and foremost. Um, we don't know where our current species of human came from. So there's exactly. been different... Exactly, ideas and yes. Yeah, yeah, there's been different species. We are called Homo sapiens sapien. So we're Homo sapien part two. The original Homo sapien came on the scene about 11, I think 11,000 years ago. Wow. 11,000 years ago. We came on the scene and then we progressed to the first civilization, which was the Sumerian civilization Mm. around 6000 B.C. 6000 B.C. Wow. Yeah. So out of nowhere, the first like caveman actually was like about two million years ago. So the first caveman that we can trace our, you know, uh, lineage to. Mm -hmm. It's about two million years ago. So from two million years ago. And then randomly, about 11,000 years ago, we became like a whole new species that was able to create civilization. Wow. And um, it's called the missing link. It's called the missing link. We don't know how we went from Neanderthal, Mm -hmm. which is what we were before we became Homo sapien, to Homo sapien. Neanderthal was like, that's like our distant cousin. Right, those they died off. They died off. Yeah, it, it was kind of strange too. We we found like grave sites of them, with their like skulls bashed in, mm. like hundreds of them. Mm. Yeah. So wow. it's almost like they were deliberately wiped out. It kind of yeah, seems like. Yeah, the Neanderthal. So the Neanderthal was just just disappeared at one point about eleven thousand years ago, and then we come the Homo sapiens, and those are like the early like hunter gatherer dudes. And then Homo sapiens sapien happens, and that's our true first ancestor, which are the civilization builders, the Sumerians. Wow. And the Sumerians, they're our oldest um, ancestors that we can trace um, any form of our modern world to. Okay. They were the first, they were the creators of the first written language. Wow. They built the first um, structures, really big, huge step pyramids, which are called ziggurats. Mm-hmm. Ziggurats? Yeah, they're called ziggurats. I didn't know that. I like that word, though. <laughs> yeah, they're like pyramids, but they have steps. 
kind of like they kind of look like Mayan pyramids in a way. Wow. They have like the steps. They're called ziggurats. So they built those. Um, they created the first laws, the first schools, the first everything, pretty much. The first everything. Our counting system, our calendars, are all come from them. So they're our, our true like ancestors, the Sumerians, and they come from what is modern day Iraq. Huh. Mm-hmm. Which just unfolds more because. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, my mind's like questions, yeah. questions. <laughs> Absolutely, and feel free to ask any. Oh. I just kind of just get going. No, I going. want you to kind of just release it. You know, I'll yeah. get back to the important ones because I feel like everything you have to speak on right now is just. Yeah. It's Absolutely. literally guidance right now. Cool. Yeah, so that there's some people that speculate that there were other reasons why we went to Iraq in the the war. Exactly. Can you tell me more on that? Yeah, well, anytime I meet an Iraqi an Iraqi who, who was there during that time period or an Iraqi or a soldier who went to the Iraq war, mm-hmm. I love to ask him questions. So I've had firsthand experiences with people. And I want to share one that doesn't really have to do with the esoteric that was just very moving, though, mm-hmm. that I think the world should hear. Absolutely. Um, it was an Uber driver. He was uh, originally from Iraq. He was like my age at the time. We were like 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Iraqi. And I was like, oh, what? Cool. Like, dude, tell me, like, how was it growing up over there? And he was there when the war happened, like right when it happened. And he said um, he was just graduating high school, getting ready to graduate high school. And here come the Americans. And we were just bombing just bombing them, you know, just dropping bombs, 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 bombs. And people were just dying left and right. Most of his friends were gone. He'd see some of his friends dead on the street, family members dead on the street. I mean, his whole life was turned upside down into flames. And But what was, what was very touching is his high school teacher still motivated him and his classmates to still come to school every day. He told them, don't let this you know distract you just come to school just you're gonna graduate you know you're gonna get a graduation and so he still went to school no matter what and just graduated people are dying from u.s bombs yeah and they're still focused on graduation yeah just trying to live normal and just try to just grow up and live a, a normal life wow yeah and then eventually his his dad got him out of there and they came over here so that was crazy. And then I started talking to him about the Elohim and everything. And he'd never heard about it. I'm like, dude, you got to research this stuff. This is, these are your people. Wow. These are your people. So I hope, he, I hope he looked into it. I hope he looked into well, it. Well, I hope he finds you on here maybe somehow yeah. in, in some place like, and time. I, I remember that guy. Absolutely. Yeah, so Sumer is what is modern-day Iraq. Okay. And to this day, we... Well, I, also, I've met... Um, I met uh, soldiers who have gone to Iraq who were there, and some of them admitted that we were told to go and secure some of the ancient sites and take them over. Wow. And we looted a lot of things out of the ancient sites. For, a, what, for what purpose? Who knows? Who knows? Um, there's, well, there's a theory. There's a fun one that gets bounced around in mm-hmm. the conspiracy world uh-huh. that we were secretly trying to find a Stargate. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, there's that theory. Wow. Yeah. Before we get into that, well, Saddam Hussein, right? The dude that we went after and killed or whatever, mm-hmm. he was spending billions of dollars to refurbish these ancient sites. He wanted his people to go back to their knowledge. 
He, what? Yeah, he knew about this. In the time when we were just like going over and invading, yeah. this was his project. It was Yeah. Granted, wow. he was a crazy motherfucker, you know? Like, not going to take anything away from that. Right. But he did have a pride for his ancient culture, and he was spending billions of dollars to refurbish these ancient ziggurats. Wow. Which, under Obama, um, allegedly, ISIS, because there's the whole thing in the conspiracy world that Obama, the Obama administration kind of funneled money to ISIS. ISIS, about... Uh, five years ago mm. completely destroyed a lot of these places just bombed the shit out of them so it's gone a lot of it is yeah because of because of the US yeah wow yeah the ziggurat the, it's called the ziggurat of Ur U-R that was the capital of the Sumerian civilization it, that's still standing and we held that down as a as a what do you call it, a base during the war Okay. We secured that as a base, looted some stuff out of it. But that ziggurat is a testament to the Sumerians and our lineage, to the gods. Because that ziggurat was built, as a Sumerian uh, clay text tell us, it was built to venerate their chief deity, who was the, the god, the, uh, the father of all the gods. His name was Anu. 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 And it has said that, um, well, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. So, here you have the Bible, right? Yeah. Saying that the Elohim created mankind. Mm-hmm. And you ha- here you have scientists in our world saying that there's a missing link between Neanderthal and Homo sapiens. Right. Out of nowhere, we become a civilization-building people. Mm-hmm. So, as Zechariah Sitchin says, what we need to do is listen to that first civilization and hear what they had to say, which is the Sumerians. And they tell you straight up, they don't hide it. They tell you everything we do and everything we know is because of the gods. Yep. And that's why, you, well, is that why we see all of these like temples and these like crazy built structures that like can't possibly be explained for that period of time? Mm-hmm. I mean, like they didn't have any kind of conveyor or like anything that builds absolutely construction. Yeah. Like that's exactly why. He has another book that I love that goes into uh, the history of uh, America, uh, specifically the the Mesoamerica, like the Mexicans, the Aztecs. Mm -hmm. He talks about them, and it's the same story. If you go back and you read the Aztec or the Mayan stories or even the people of Peru, the earliest indigenous people, they talk about these strange gods that came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and taught them how to build pyramids and then just dipped out. Wow, now who are these gods? Exactly. That's these the gods. So the Sumerians called them um, the Anuna. Anuna. Those of Anu. Anuna. Also the Anunnaki, which can be translated as those of Anu and Ki, which uh, Ki was Anu's wife. Huh. I've heard of Anunnaki. Yeah, that's a very popular term these days. That rings a bell, yeah. Yep, he's Zechariah Sitchin. Anytime you hear Anunnaki or even the ancient alien theory, it's because of him. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but he translated Anunnaki as those who come from heaven to earth. Wow. Because Ki actually means means heaven as well. Ki means heaven. Um, no, sorry, sorry. Ki means earth. Ki means earth and Anu means heaven. 
So like uh-huh. Anu, Na, Ki can mean like those from heaven who came to earth. Wow. So those who, pretty much aliens, you know, the yeah. people from space who came to earth. Yeah, like what is the idea of, of heaven, at least to you? What is the idea of heaven? Well, again, going back to the translational issues that we have with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Heaven, again, is an English word that comes from, like, you know, the Europe. Mm-hmm. But where we find heaven in the Bible, there's different words that are used. In ancient times, prior to Judaism, heaven always meant space. That's what it meant. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. I had this, like... I have this theory, like I call all my listeners my angelians. Mm. I don't know where this came from. I took a trip to Joshua Tree and with two of my girlfriends, and I called us angelians. I saw that. I like that. I posted something about it. Like, we are all aliens disguised Mm -hmm. as angels, disguised as humans. All we have is us. Yeah. Act like it. Yeah, seriously. And that's kind of one of the first um, paradigm shifts that I had when I was reading all this and realizing it you know coming from a religious family where like god was god jesus was jesus and i'm like what god was an alien and there was multiple of them and they genetically created us i went through paradigm shifts that like broke my mind for a little bit and i was tripping i was tripping like i would i'd be at church kind of like just tripping you know and people would be like talking to me and like i'd be like you know like yeah man like we really got to, like, love each other, man, because like, it's really all we got, you know? Cause, wow. Yeah. So, like, when you're sitting in church, you already had these mm-hmm. these these downloads of information. Yeah. How, how did you sit? How did you sit through that and, like, not yeah. try to um, conform others? Because I feel like mm. in religion, we constantly are saying, like, no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But yeah. it's like... For some people, I believe, in, in their lifetime, that's appropriate for them. That's what yeah. they can retain. So how did yeah. you do that? How did you sit with yourself and all that extra stuff? Well, I didn't. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. Or you could do that. <laughs> I was. I went through the phase of what I guess you can call fear-mongering. Fear-mongering. Yeah, it's like what preachers do. You know, you're going to go to hell. Oh. I went through that phase because I, w- I was like tripping. I was legitly tripping. My mind was going through an existential crisis. And all I wanted to do was just share this information. And like I felt like I had to wake people up. Everything you were told was a lie. So it's yeah. like, hello, everybody. Yeah, it got bad. Like I was like, what I used to do is I used to, I was, like, used to write things on like tape. And then I used to like put it on my like walls. I'd write like, like God is an alien. And I'd like put it on my walls. I just had these posters everywhere. I was like researching stuff. Wow. You and, had to get it out. Yeah, and I would go to school. I was in high school, and um, I used to have this homie. I was an introvert in high school, uh-huh. you know, pretty shy kid. But I had this homie who was like the first, uh, what's the word, functioning uh, meth addict that I ever met. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did you know that at the time? Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> snorted it, which is like people who typically snort it, I guess, they don't really show it a lot. You know? Interesting. It's a whole different world. But he was a really funny dude, Leo. Funny dude, he was like a, a Mexican dude, likes to like dress fancy, those kind of dudes, like mm-hmm. intercorridos and stuff. Proper. Proper, you know, snorts from meth, you know, those guys mm-hmm. do that. Oh my goodness. But he loved me, man, and he like, he like, I would tell him his stuff, we'd be high, I'd be high on weed and telling him his stuff, and he just loved it. He's just like tripping mm-hmm. out like, man, this is sick, like, you gotta go tell everybody about this. So he would like take me around and like, like build audiences for me, and be like, hey, hey, like, tell these fools about the aliens. 
<laughs> Take it away, Eddie. Yeah. So they're like, all right, so check it out, man. So like, there's the Elohim, right? Wow. So I have, I would always have this like little speech that I would give in high school, and I would just like making my rounds throughout school, like just going off. And me and him would uh, during block period. Remember that, like block oh, period. Yeah. You oh, spend yeah, like two hours period. one class. Yeah. We had a class together, and we we'd steal like sticky notes, and we'd write like stuff on there, like research the Anunnaki, your research Planet X, and we'd go stick them everywhere. You know, so like I definitely went through my phase where I was like preaching it. I was like preaching it. You're planting seeds. Yeah, I was. At a young and age. Freaking people the fuck out. I'm sure. There was this one chick who got so afraid of what I was saying. She uh, she had nightmares for days. Oh my god. She uh, nicknamed me Demon. <laughs> she wasn't ready. <laughs> no, she, she wasn't. She wasn't ready for it. She wasn't. Wow. She was cool though. I ended up seeing her years later after high school and she's like, dude, like, you still researching that stuff? That stuff's true, dude. Like, see, yeah. you planted that for her. Yeah. That's awesome. So I went through that phase for sure. And then not till later on, like now I've matured and mm-hmm. realized that you can't just give people this information right away. You gotta like feel them out. Yeah, exactly. You gotta feel it out. You mm-hmm. can't just spit it everywhere you go because there's a certain um, label mm. that one can receive when you're like that you know yeah. anyway oh, yeah. think about you know i was just in las vegas recently and there was this uh super christian dude with a speaker and a microphone on the strip you know like preaching like verses and it's like people are, are automatically going to tune you out because yeah. of your approach mm-hmm. you know what i mean i almost took the microphone like dude this is how you got to do it <laughs> uh-huh. welcome would anybody like to hear yeah you know? exactly like, at least ask us yeah <laughs> exactly know? yeah yeah, so went through that, and uh, th- yeah, I mean, I can just go on. There's so many pieces of information. Okay, let's go here. Well, do you have any questions? No, I'm just um, waiting to hear about the aliens too. Mm. Okay, <laughs> but no, please dive uh, into this, digest it all, break it down. Yeah, so Zechariah Sitchin, though he he gave us that theory and mm-hmm. um, wrote a lot of books. The Earth Chronicles did seven books, seven or nine books, all on this theory, and he goes gives you a lot of detail. You said Earth Chronicles. Yeah, the okay, Earth Chronicles. I've heard of those. Yeah, so the Anunnaki, as as he claimed, were. Now, he doesn't think that they are, like, the creators of all, you know? Because even in their text, the Anunnaki venerate the creator of all. Wow. Is it, yeah. like, is that even possible to, like, know what the highest creator mm-hmm. is? I mean, I know it's energy, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. But, like, I feel like, you know, even being in this body, we are so limited. Yeah. We don't truly know what freedom is because no. we're here. And we're it's we're trapped literally yeah. inside of this. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So how can we possibly access that ever? Yeah. Well, that's the the work of the mystics. Mm-hmm. The mystics like the the Gnostics, um, the Greek philosophers. Mm-hmm. That's all those as close guys. as we can get. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the physical aspect of aspect of it, right? Like these beings called the Anunnaki who mm-hmm. have a whole mythology and story of mm-hmm. themselves who came here. The story goes that in the text that they came here 400,000 years ago and found us in our caveman-like slumber. And they had their own mission going on. They had their own thing that they were escaping or trying to do. And um, the, wow. the, the earliest story about them actually is uh, a story called... I think the Enuma Elish, the Enuma Elish, 
And it's a story about how they came here and it was just them, first and foremost, doing their operations here. A lot of what they were doing, for whatever reason, was mining for, for minerals, probably gold, silver, all kinds of things, which is strange because in Africa there are caverns um, where we have found hammers, hammers and, and um, pickaxes that are like over 20,000 years old. Wow. Yeah, and modern history teaches us that we're only like about, you know, 8,000 years old, if that. And here we are finding like hammers and pickaxes that are like over 20,000 years old. Oh my goodness. So in the story of Enuma Elish, the gods were here doing whatever they were doing, digging, mm-hmm. building things, and then um, they got over it. Interesting. The, the lower ranking gods got over it and were like, dude, we can't just be doing this like while the other gods are just chilling, living it up like the higher ones. What were they searching for? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I've heard like things that there's something at the core of the earth or like that there's a species of aliens. I've heard something. The hollow the earth sort. theory. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing too. Right. The whole nother thing. <laughs> I love that you know about it though. Because yeah. I'm just like this is just like the information I'm picking up, it's like foggy. Like mm. I'm just like throwing little words out, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do interesting i do so in the story the gods get over it the lower ranking gods get over it throw a mutiny mm-hmm. against the higher gods and then the higher gods are like all right chill chill like we got an idea and there's a specific god in the sumerian stories mm-hmm. known as enki 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 lord of earth because ki means earth mm-hmm. enki lord of earth and he was like the scientist dude very smart cunning kind of clever and in the stories he's kind of like it's kind of funny too he's always like sneaking behind the gods backs and like doing his own stuff mm-hmm. and he he says in the stories that he he knows of a beast that lives on the land which is us in our caveman neanderthal state you got me referred to us as beasts yeah that's pretty accurate yeah and he says i will upgrade them ah. i will upgrade them to be workers for us wow so unfortunately that's why we were created by the Anunnaki was to be their workers but over time Enki and other like more benevolent spiritual Anunnaki kind of like felt bad and were like maybe we should give them a little more consciousness so over time they kind of gave us more and more knowledge and these were the first stories of like Adam and Eve Mm -hmm. being given the fruit of uh, the tree of the the fruit from the tree of knowledge Mm. and um, there are uh, Sumerian precursors to the stories of Adam and Eve. Of, so uh, you're saying that the tree of knowledge was indeed a good thing, a positive thing. Well, I'm going to leave it neutral. It's controversial. Uh, it's controversial. You know, right. of course, in Christianity, it's a bad thing. Right. Of course, the serpent and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. In the, the occult, it was at, at least a neutral thing, but at the extreme, a really good thing. And that's where you get like the Luciferians who believe like Lucifer is the real God. And, you know, the God of the Bible is actually playing a trick on us, and he's the devil. Right. Gets deep. Gets deep. It really does. I actually went to beauty school with a girl who's now part of a Satanist temple. She's all the way on Boise. I'm hoping to have her out here eventually because I want to learn that perspective, you know? Mm, I want to question everything. Yeah, as we should, yeah. Absolutely. As we should. So you were saying, too, that, like, the Anunnaki has us here as, like, these workers, and we're given this consciousness, but... In this present time, yeah, how you were kind of saying how like it's become a thing where like so many people are kind of stepping into this consciousness and this awareness. Do you think that this sense of like higher level of awareness is connected somehow to 
what uh, the Anunnaki has given us, has gifted to us. Is there a connection there between that? Absolutely, absolutely. What is the what is the intention here behind this information? Because I feel as though, like, I am supposed to be doing this right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I would have never... My biggest fear is public speaking, okay? <laughs> Nobody would have guessed that, but that is my biggest fear. Wow. Yeah. And I just had this pressing need to just do this. Yeah. I can't ever stop thinking about it. I know that this is what I need to do. And I, it's, I believe, I know it's connected to my awakening. And I, and I believe that so many other people are going to form those connections for themselves yeah. and um, really identify a higher level of purpose. But where is this going? Where is this going to get us? What's going to happen after this? Man, that's, that's the question. It's a high question. I it's know. a high question. The pressure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but to answer the question about the awakening and how it correlates to the Anunnaki, mm-hmm. I was just watching a, a interview today with Luis Elizondo. Luis Elizondo. He's like the uh, he's the I guess army official who recently came out and like really started to give this di- disclosure to the people. Mm-hmm. He's been making his rounds on all kinds of podcasts and even on like oh. national news. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. Luis Elizondo. Louis Elizondo. He's been yeah. He's he's kind of like at the very forefront from the army side as far as giving the people like real, you know, good knowledge about what's going on. Yeah. He can't tell us everything. Of course. But he's trying his best to give us what he can, and he's he's already being threatened and all kinds of things, you know. But so what you're saying is the government is keeping secrets. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That is connected to the spirituality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and what he said that made a lot of sense to me is he said, okay, he, he asked the, the interviewer, if you were, you know, not even an alien, if you're just a human here and you wanted to leave your mark and let civilization know that you were here a million years from now, how would you do that? What would you build? Because even the pyramids, as he said, are going to be gone in about 10,000 years, sadly. Wow. You know, everything that we know, if we don't upkeep it, it's going to be gone in the next 10,000 years, Damn. you know. So what do you do? How do you let the next civilization know that you were here? Mm-hmm. And the interviewer, at, he says, he's kind of a smart dude. So he's like, oh, I would find the, the hardest material on earth and carve something out of that and mm-hmm. probably put it into orbit, you know, so that it's just chilling there. This is a pretty good idea. Wow. Pretty good idea. But Luis Elizondo, a little more wiser than that, okay. says, good, good. But I think not only does he think, but we know now that... Mm-hmm. The way that the ancients did it was through genetics. They left their mark on us through genes. Wow. Yeah. The world of genes is is fascinating. You you can put memories, information inside of genes, and that can pass on through generations and generations and generations. This is taking me back to your story with your grandpa. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that my grandpa actually is very similar to your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> is he a chain smoker? Lem- no. Everything <laughs> but that, actually. <laughs> good, good. He's not a chain smoker, at least not anymore. I've never seen mm-hmm. it. But he likes to be alone. Mm-hmm. He prefers it. He's seen a UFO. Mm-hmm. He's very deeply philosophical. For a long time, he didn't bother even stepping foot in a church. Um, he did have a scare with his health, and that did reconnect him to the bible 
but he doesn't limit himself. Yeah. And I feel as though he is the only one in my family that I can truly dive into an authentic conversation, just like we are now yeah. with my grandpa. Nice. And he can explain, you know, the things that he's seen, like UFOs that he's seen. He tells me the story all the time. His The way he always ends it, though, is, is you know, where is this going, though? Like, at the end of it, like, you know, what what, what really matters is your family. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he basically tells me, like, you can lose your mind yeah. trying to find all the answers in your Absolutely. life. Or you can just um, remember also the true importance here is yeah. is your family so absolutely and that's yeah. why i love him so much <laughs> he's misunderstood in my family but um, i love him for that because i understand him shout out to your grandpa shout out to you grandpa i love you <laughs> yeah and my grandpa just had a 75th yesterday happy birthday grandpa <laughs> yeah 75 absolutely going strong yeah yeah strangely you know Good. chain smoking his whole life it's still going strong something's keeping him there genetics yeah just exactly <laughs> exactly but i am building a case i'm moving towards your questions as okay. far as where does it all go okay so as Louis elizondo said genetics that's where these beings really hid themselves this whole time under right under our noses literally in our genes because um, we're starting to realize that there are some strange things about our genes and um for example, our genes, they have like, as you can imagine, little switches. Mm -hmm. Genes for hair, genes for eye color. But there's just those are just the basics. We have a bunch of other little switches that for some weird reason have been turned off. Huh. And the gene in, in death or aging, which leads to death, is actually a genetic thing. It's a thing that happens in your genes. Your genes have these things called telomeres. And they can only revive so many times before they just start to die out. Wow. And our telomeres were, as we're seeing now with our scientific equipment, mm -hmm. were at some point in our history um, genetically tampered with to only last a certain amount of time. You said genetically tampered? Yeah, genetically tampered with. Wow. So the switch, which is basically called the telomeres in mm -hmm. our genes that regulates age, Okay. You know, an average lifespan right. was tampered and set to its current state of about, you know, 80 to 100 years. Fascinating. Isn't too, like, in the Bible, didn't people live, like, a mm -hmm. lot longer back yeah. then? Absolutely. And then, and strangely enough, in, in one verse, where did it happen? Um, forgot where it happens, but somewhere something happens, and then God in the Bible strangely just says, and then after that, man's life was shortened to 100 years. Wow. So we used to be privileged to live a really long time. And, and then, then what, what did we do? What happened? <laughs> we messed it up. I don't we remember messed the it up story, for us. <laughs> yeah. So there's something going on with our genes. And the awakening seems to be happening through our genes. Something's just causing us to awaken. I don't think it's just our genes. I think it's also the celestial movements that are playing a part of it. Okay. Just how like seasons wake flowers up, back up. Oh. So do the celestial seasons wake frequencies and gene genetics back up. Are you talking about like the phases of the yeah. moon and such? The phases of the moon, even even bigger than that, you know, the planets aligning, mm. even bigger than that, what's going on in our solar system, our Star galaxy. System. Wow. Like how the, um, in the Eastern uh, teachings, how they talk about like the Kali Yugas. Mm -hmm. You know how there's uh, the golden age, like there's, there's ages 
of consciousness, and it always it cycles. Right. There's an age where we lose consciousness and we go back to being brutish, and then and then it kind of comes back up into a spring, and then we become this glorious conscious being where we're building who knows what, you know. And then, so I think we're coming, we're kind of going back to an age of enlightenment where we're waking back up to the highest self. Wow. Now, what if we don't want to lose that? That's the scary thing. That's the beautiful thing, really. I think the beautiful thing about it all is like that's a part of the game. Right. You know, it's kind of like build it up and destroy it. Build wow. it up and destroy it. Because as humans, we kind of are self-destructive. Yeah. Naturally, if you think about it, like you're talking about cycles, even with ourselves, just just with yeah. myself, I go through cycles. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all connected. Yeah, and that's like the primary goal of like uh, as you can say like the luciferians in a way like the like the more darker um the people who practice the dark arts Mm -hmm. in our world that's like their main concern their main fear is dying they always want to live long interesting you know that's why they're always like all these like technocratic people like elon musk and Mm -hmm. bezos all these technocrats they always want to try and live a lot of scientists they're trying to figure out how to live forever yeah and then god teaches you no that's mm-hmm. not how you do it you do it through consciousness uh-huh. you know through eternity eternity is reached through consciousness absolutely not through trying to be some zombie like keeping your body going you know it's meant to perish have you heard of transhumanism yeah when i found that on youtube yeah i saw it on like a real news channel like a world news channel yeah bbc or something like that Scientists are literally trying to put our consciousness into the internet so that we can live forever and not experience any um, emotional dissatisfaction, any physical ailments, um, mental um, stability all the time. And it's like, what actually happens to us when we always feel one emotion? Mm, That's when you become a gray, gray alien. Thank you. I just got chills. I wasn't even thinking that, but like, whoa, you took me back to something. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's very scary to see that that's what we are entering. Mm. Because again, remember I told you what my best instructor's theory is, that the greys are um, in a paralleled universe, Mm. evolved Mm. versions of us once we've outlived all of our resources, all of our natural resources, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... I don't mean to be racist on this, but I feel like if any race is going to outlive the other, it's going to be the Chinese race. Because of the um, advancement with their intellect? (laughs) Yeah, because they're moving towards that I'm not trying to be racist either. (laughs) I genuinely admire the Asian um, mind because they got it down. They are doing something right. Well, China's a trip right now, what they're doing with, like, the social credit system. And, like, I don't know if you've seen that, but in China, they have cameras everywhere. And they're implementing this thing where it's facial recognition and all that stuff. And if you are get if you get caught through the camera system doing, like, something that's not moral or something that's mm-hmm. not ethical, mm-hmm. it docks your, your point. So you start to lose social Whoa. status and things that you can do in society. Whoa. Like, take the bus or buy groceries. Yeah, even like little things like, for example, like some dude like didn't throw his trash all the way in the trash can, kind of just left it there. So that was seen as lazy by the, the, the Chinese government and that yeah, docks his point. And, you know, granted, we should all be doing our part, but like we shouldn't be forced in that way. That's kind of scary. Yeah, so that's why I say like if anybody 
on this planet is going to move towards becoming that, mm-hmm. it's going to be those dudes. You know? Yeah, that's but, like um, overly strict discipline. Yeah. And um, there's something very invasive about always being watched like that. Yeah. I mean, to just be out in public and have your face scanned and know your identity. I mean, don't get me wrong. With crime, that could be a good thing. But yeah. if you're just an everyday person and it becomes micromanagerial, I mean... Will we enter a state of paranoia mm-hmm. as people? Like, oh my god! Like, I can never just relax. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Will what if the guy forgot? What if the guy didn't even see? What if that was an accident? Yeah, and he turned around and he didn't even realize. Yeah, there's no room for um, uh, what is the term Being with human. justice system? Innocent until proven guilty. Like, yeah. that's not even a thing. Oh, yeah. It seems well, that's like even going there. out the window here now with like cultural, like cultural regulation. We just, we just police each other now, you know? Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I feel like since... I mean, we can go... I don't want to talk about politics <laughs> yeah, here, really, but... Yeah. COVID definitely, like, created um, further division, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to speak on topics of that yeah, either. Yeah. Right? I, I can get political, too. That's actually another aspect of what I do, what I research, but okay. yeah, I don't want to get into that right now. Mm-mm. I want to go back to the aliens and Absolutely, stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, all right, so here where we're at. So okay, so these beings they genetically upgraded Neanderthal to Homo sapien. Over time, started sneaking in a little more genetic consciousness to some of us, mm-hmm. and even just knowledge, just general knowledge, and left it behind for us to safeguard. Mm-hmm. And that's what the first uh, priesthoods of the of the of mysticism were. Was was this channeling of knowledge from the gods to us, and then when they left priesthoods were born to safeguard that knowledge and those were the first forms of secret societies wow which were later churned evil through just our degradation of uh human form wow yeah my goodness yeah so all right now i want to lead you to back to my personal life yeah make make that Another connection breaking or uh, awakening mm-hmm. breakthrough mm-hmm. So I'm like 13, 14, you know, going through all that. And then I come across another very important book that uh, that is uh, well uh, researched. Or, what's the word? Um, it's huge. It's huge in the occult and conspiracy world, esoteric world. It's known mm-hmm. as the Emerald Tablets of Toth. Okay. The Emerald Tablets of Toth. Emerald Tablets of Toth. Of Toth. So Toth was an Egyptian god. He was the god of writing, god of knowledge. He had the ibis head. Mm. You know, like the ibis is like the skinny beat uh, bird. Yeah, I've seen that guy. Yeah. yeah, he's cool, and he's also um, supposedly he. That's a reincarnation of himself. Before that, he was, um, he was this Sumerian god Ningishida. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh-huh. Ningishida. Ningishida. And then, so he was Ningishida, and then he was uh, Toth, and then he was reincarnated the last time as Hermes Trismegistus. Mm. which he is um, widely known in the Western world as Hermes Trismegistus. So the tarot deck, like mm-hmm. tarot, tarot I, cards. I got a deck right here, actually. That's oh. probably, um, was that the... It's uh, Rider Waite. The Rider, yeah. So the tarot deck actually was... Uh, it's, it's said that the tarot deck was created by Toth. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was created by Toth in... Um, his priests, they um, implemented some of his knowledge in the tarot deck, the original tarot deck. So it was originally 
like a, a way to safeguard knowledge. And if you understood what the symbols meant, then you could decipher the knowledge and keep it going. Interesting. Yeah. I love I love that. I appreciate that a lot because um, when I do readings, I really, really like to look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. There's, I know there's meaning in the cards, but if you really look at the pictures too, you can associate and even, even make a deeper connection to yeah. your readings with yourself or, you know, whoever you're, you're reading. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to see yeah. that. Yeah, Hermes, it can be said to be the father of all modern occult. When you start diving into the occult and the esoteric, you're going to see that name a lot because he is the father of modern occult. Mm-hmm. There basically wouldn't, wouldn't be a modern occult if it wasn't for Hermes. And um, what is called the uh, the Emerald Tablets of Toth and the Emerald Tablet of uh, Hermes. Mm-hmm. It's where the great axiom, as above, so below, comes from. Okay. He's the one who said that. So he's the one who started that. Absolutely. Interesting. I never Hermes. knew that. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you if you like Led Zeppelin, if you've Love seen Led like Zeppelin. the cover art for Stairway to Heaven, that dude holding the lamp. Yeah, uh, which is uh, that's Hermes, the Hermit, the Hermit from um, the Tarot deck, the Hermit. That's yeah. that's a depiction of like Hermes. Wow. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Page, the guitarist of Led Zeppelin, was super into the occult. He knew wow. about all this stuff. Crazy. Yeah, that's it's... why I love that song, uh, Stairway to Heaven, because I feel like it was channeled i feel it was definitely channeled to them and i feel like everybody kind of feels like a connection to that song like how do you not like that song yeah right yeah anybody i do know a girl who who finds it scary ah but it's because she's not very spiritual though that's the thing yeah that's the thing Mm -hmm. and fear what i believe about fear is that it's not a bad thing the feeling that it's bad but i believe that it's that's the ego Mm -hmm. holding you back it's restraint it's energy. And going back to Toth and the Emerald Tablets, so I started reading that. I found that around 13, 14 through my studies. And it's a pretty powerful book. To be honest, I've, I, to this day, I haven't finished the whole thing. Every time I bring it back into my life and start reading it, mm-hmm. stuff gets weird. <laughs> stuff so? gets weird. How so? So the first time I started reading it was on the computer. Okay. I found it online. And I'd read, come home and I'd read it. I was trying to read it. Mm-hmm. And he talks about fear. He talks about fear in that and in the book and it's pretty interesting he says whenever you feel the sense of fear come up you got to distinguish is it coming from yourself or an external factor mm. an external being sorry i had like some really good food earlier <laughs> it's okay <laughs> uh so he says if it's coming from yourself if you're just causing fear in yourself as we can do sometimes he says don't worry just work it out do what you gotta do drink tea chill yeah but if if you can sense like no this isn't coming from me something's here with me mm-hmm. he teaches you how to expel that expel those uh-huh. things so when you feel the initial feeling of fear mm-hmm. it's an energy so mm-hmm. what you do is you transmute it um and the way he says it is uh you got to feel the power in your brain center and then you send like a shock wave throughout your whole body and it from the brain yeah from the brain you, you literally gotta like tune into the center of your brain mm-hmm. and you like send like a shock wave out of out of it the only way i can describe it is like when you flex you know if, if you like flex you can almost feel like your, your body exuding energy yeah absolutely you gotta try to do that from your brain so you exude that huh. wave from your brain center and it goes all across your body and now the fear transmutates 
into just pure power, raw power, and then you you hold that and then you exert it outward, and you kind of just expel whatever's there. Wow. Yeah. That's actually very interesting. Now I'm going to tell you about my first um, my first experience with mm. the vaccine. Okay. I had yeah. the vaccine. Sure. Yeah. My first, I was scared. Okay. I had a dream that I was getting the vaccine mm. because I had a job in the medical field in my dream and I needed it. So I got the vaccine and as the serum was going into me, I died mm. and then I woke up. And so I was tripped out. This yeah. is when like they first came out that like they had they had one. Right. And they were saying like everybody needs to get it. And I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, it took me a while because of the dream. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like I take my I take my dreams very seriously now. Yeah. Very seriously. Absolutely. So um, I just held off for the longest time. And, you know, my, my grandma is, is the main reason why I did it. You know, she was concern you know she's like i just yeah. i just don't want you to jeopardize you know my health and I'm, that was enough you know i'm like all right i'm gonna do it so i got it i was tripping out there the nurse was like you have a very powerful mind <laughs> because i was like tripping <laughs> out you know yeah. talking about my dream and everything and they were mm. they were laughing at me but they're like you know you have a very powerful mind just relax mm. you know so everything turned out fine but when i went to bed that night mm. i was uh about to doze off i'm laying down my eyes are closed and out of nowhere i felt like i had no control over my nervous system Mm. and i felt this twitching Mm -hmm. coming from my brain Mm. but it would shoot out to the ends of all of my limbs both my hands and my feet and literally my hands would twitch like this when the when the shock would reach my fingertips and i also did the same thing to my feet and my head was twitching too i had no control over it but the that kind of sounds a lot like what you're explaining like that wave of frequency just kind of shaking it i wonder if that was like a natural response in my body Mm. like rejecting either the fear and the idea of it being bad Mm. or maybe even something more i don't know well i'm not getting the vaccine now (laughs) (laughs) i called the nurse i'm like i just need somebody to give me a logical explanation as to why it's affecting my nervous system and he couldn't do that which scared me and he said um if it gets worse come to the emergency he's just like i don't know (laughs) i was going to sleep i'm like i gotta go to bed yeah. I'm like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow or I'm not. Yeah, like, can you <laughs> reset this thing, dude? <laughs> yeah. What the But heck? obviously I'm here and I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, so. But um, it's just interesting what the mind can do, yeah. how it can affect the body physically. It's all connected. As above, so below. Exactly. And I As really appreciate that you kind of um, went through, you know, the whole brain and just whew, yeah. releasing that, that frequency to kind of protect yeah we have so much power over it and i really really believe that i always tell myself if there's even just an ounce of fear around me i always say mm-hmm. i am always protected like why am i why am i freaking out right now i'm always protected yeah. i've got my selenite over here like i i'm protected i got my sage yeah. palo santo like absolutely. there's no reason you know absolutely mm-hmm. yeah well i got a story for you too so when i was reading that mm-hmm. the first weird thing happened um actually my first astral projection experience occurred and i didn't know that it was astral projection at the time Mm -hmm. wow yeah i didn't know it so and and in the book he teaches you how to astral project 
Yeah, I don't even really know what that was when I was reading it. So I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm getting tired. I'm like, all right, I got to put this away for now. Let me go uh-huh. to bed. So go to sleep, and then I wake up to go to the bathroom. And then the way my room was situated, like where I'm laying down, I can see the light from my parents' room shining down the hallway when they're watching TV at night. Uh-huh. So that's all I see. I just see the hallway, the light, and I'm like, all right, let me get up to go to the bathroom. So I get up, and I kind of everything's just kind of slow, like I'm in the ocean or something. And I'm trying to walk to the bathroom, but I'm just like slowly falling. I'm like, what? I'm like, I guess I'm dreaming. Yeah, I guess I'm dreaming. Yeah. And I just hit the floor, and I'm just sitting there for like a few seconds. And I like snap back into my body again. Like, All right, I'm awake now. Let me go to the bathroom. Same thing happens. I get up, try to go, fall down like a feather, like I'm in the ocean, and then just lay there. And I'm like, this is a weird dream, man. I'm just trying to go to the bathroom, you know? Whoa. Third time, wake up, and this time I'm really awake. <sighs> Time's like normal again. I can feel everything, and I'm like, All right. That was weird. Yeah. Didn't know it was astral projection until... So after that experience, I kind of like put the book of uh, Toth away for a while. And then it wasn't until years later that I picked it back up again. I was on probation in high school. And at this specific time period, mm-hmm. my brothers were out of the house. My dad was gone for a couple of weeks doing a job. My sister was out of the house. My mom was working all the time. So I was basically alone mm-hmm. most of my time. And I was on house arrest. So all I had to do, all I had to do was chill at the house and sit with yourself yeah so I was like well it's probably a good time to pick back up all the occult stuff yeah so why not right I dive back into it wow. and this time I had a physical copy of the Emerald Tablets so I'm going back reading it reading it and then kind of the same spot where I stopped before just kind of stopped there I don't know why I just could never get past that part it kind of spooked me and it's the part where he talks about kind of like conjuring spirits and stuff and like how to do that wow and um this time I have another astral projection experience, but this time I know that I'm astral projecting because now I know what it is at this time. Mm-hmm. So I go to bed and then I wake up in my room and I just see the moon shining in my room and I'm like, oh, like I'm astral projecting. I'm like, heck yeah. So I get up from my body. I don't turn around to see my body, but I get up and I'm just doing floating in that weird like state now that I oh. know. Now, now I know that's what it was. So I'm just floating in that weird state, and then I like move through my door, move through my door, and I can see downstairs, and then I feel like this presence to the left of me, and I turn, and there's just this huge like dark energy. It's just yeah, there's this dark energy um, form thing there. And um, at first I, I felt fear, and then I remembered what Toth said about fear, and then I felt like this laser beam shoot from where the book was in my room to my brain. It was like, <sighs> like the knowledge was being like transmitted instantaneously. Wow. And I was like, oh yeah, I got this. So like I did that whole thing, and like sh- literally light came out of like my, my light body and shot at this thing, and it disappeared. And then I snapped back into my body, wow. and I was like, whoa, like that was a trip. And I just got up, got some water, and back to sleep didn't really think much about it till the next day my mom uh, asked to take me out to to breakfast mm-hmm. sitting there talking didn't mention to her and then she asked me like hey are you okay I'm like yeah I'm doing fine you know whatever she's like are you sure because I passed by your room last night and like I just felt something so dark that I had to like stop and pray for you Ooh, I got chills right now wow yeah I did too I was just like eating and I was like oh that's weird I never told her the story, but... Wow. You didn't tell her? No. I didn't, didn't want to freak, freak her out. out. Yeah. Because, yeah, if, if she didn't have that awareness and, like, that 
knowing that protection and how to you know protect yourself yeah it could have created vulnerability mm-hmm. and then that's essentially what dark energy does it preys on the weak and when we leave our bodies that is a form of um of weakness if you will because our body is empty mm-hmm. it's an invitation that's yeah. all they want yeah yeah they're just trying to like, take form yeah yeah, so that was my astral projection experience. And then I wanted to connect that to the whole genetic and where we're going. Mm-hmm. I think um, yeah, I think eventually where this is all going is uh, as the New Age or the occult teaches us is, or even the Bible, the Bible strangely says that, you know, after this earth has gone, we're going to be given new bodies. Oh. Yeah. Which is such All a strange us. thing. Yeah, well, I, the good, you know, the people who are on the side of the J-man. Right, right exactly. You know, but, and, um, but yeah, that's where we're going. Eventually, this we're, we're supposed to be upgraded and given an, an uh, infinite body. Wow. An infinite body where it's made mostly of light. We're, and really what we're doing is we're going back to what we really were. So wow. we're kind of going back to what we were. But... But what's supposed to happen, or the goal, is is to break the cycle of the life and death thing. Okay. So there has to come a point in time in the universe or whatever we're in where all that needed to be done has finally been done. Mm-hmm. All that is evil has finally come to light and it is seen as evil. And all that is good has come to light and is seen as good and can finally be separated. And evil, as you know, the occult and the New Age teaches, mm-hmm. and even the religions teach, will be vanquished forever. And then all that is good that is left over will be granted this infinite body of consciousness that will no longer die and will forever remember itself and forever be able to create. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like truth being sorted out. So what you're saying is we will reach that point. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's the battle we're in. And that's why every day lies and lies and lies are taught. To Absolutely. make that from, you know, uh, from um, to stop that from happening. Yeah, it's like hypnotizing to people who um, are not aware, and that's why this is so important, spreading it. And that's why sin is such a bad, such like a big thing in, in Christianity and mm-hmm. in other religions too. It's not so much that like you need to be kept in line with authority, but it's because, as the Bible says, the wages of sin are death. You know, when you are truly living in the dark in evil ways, like you're you're vanquishing your own soul. You're giving that up. Absolutely. And I believe that even connects to self-sabotage. When we tell ourselves, like, you're not good enough, you don't deserve this, I'm always going to be, you know, here, stuck here. Like, that literally is a form of death because you're yeah. not growing, you're not evolving. And isn't that the point of being here? Yeah. This is a school. Absolutely. <laughs> this world Welcome is my to campus. School. Yes, Hope this is real your... school. Yeah. Real life school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. Wow. So yeah. many um gosh, so much truth, Eddie. Yes. You have a brilliant mind and I Thank really you. appreciate you for taking the time to be here with me today. Yeah. And to just be authentic. Yes. I yes. love that it comes easy for you because for a long time I was lost. Mm. And now I feel like I'm just barely getting started and on my journey. And yeah. it's people like you that um, help validate and support this yeah. this path, this alignment that I'm on. Cool. So I'm very grateful for you. No, I'm grateful for you. <laughs> grateful for this opportunity to speak to the people. And- it's great.
So, yeah, you've started a new channel, correct? I have. On YouTube. Yeah. For listeners to dive deeper into the ideas of aliens and... The esoteric and the occult. I'm definitely going to watch that. Hey, oh right yeah. now. So please tell us, how can we find you? Yeah, I invite you and the listeners as well. I just dropped a new YouTube channel. It's called, uh, it's under Esoteric Eddie TV. That's also my Instagram, Esoteric Eddie. Um, I have three videos on there right now. Uh, two of them are compilation videos on UFOs and the occult. Kind of like just cool little clips that I've found and put together to build a narrative to kind of let you make up your own mind. That's great. I grew up on those videos. Like some of the early videos that I watched that blew my mind and mm-hmm. got me on this path were like those kind of videos. Those kind of like little compilation videos. Of, so I love those. So I'm so kind of now giving, you're just forming your own exactly. for everybody else. Giving back, giving back to yes. my to to what helped me. Love that. And then I have one full length documentary that I actually um, like produced, put together. I hired some professional narrators to like narrate the script for me and stuff. Wow. Put some like cool like video in there, and it's okay. about uh, Eliphas Levy, the 19th century French occultist, okay. who was famously known for um, drawing the Baphomet illustration, which is the half man, half goat illustration. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a trip. He's got a really interesting life. So I go through his life works in that documentary. He was actually a Catholic. He was a I, Catholic. I swear, it all starts there. Yeah, but he for was a so mystic. He was a mystic, and he got kicked out of Catholicism and went through a whole interesting life story and then wow. found esotericism and then... Took off yeah, from there. Took off from there. So he's very important in the occult and esoteric communities. Um, yeah, check it out, Alifas Levy. And I actually got a book in the works, too. Eddie, you're on fire. <laughs> I try to be. I got a book that I spent the past two years working on through okay. the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's coming out this December. Perfect timing. This December. Perfect timing. And it's going to be titled, The Luciferian Mystery Revealed. Wow. I am definitely picking up a copy of that. I'll give you one for free. Oh my gosh. Just for the opportunity. I'm so lucky. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Hell yes. Well, I'm going to leave all of his information in the description box below. So like and subscribe to this video and definitely check him out. He's got a lot to offer. This is just the beginning. He will definitely be back. So thank you for being with me today. If you felt this in your heart and your soul and your center, then please subscribe for more soulful messages. And most importantly, be somebody's angel today and share this episode. Until next time, Angelians, peace and love.